Good morning. So great to see you. Uh, thank you for just uh, entering into worship and making that experience this morning incredible. I feel like there's just a new water level um, just in the area of the presence of God and just responding to last week's message. Um, I really believe that. And uh, I believe with the presence of God comes miracles and all of the things um, I say it this way, if God's walking in our midst, he leaves big footprints, and uh, so I would expect today even to hear stories of how God has touched you and changed you, um, and as Aaron would say, Dad, they were really going for it, and you were really going for it. That's awesome. We love Jesus so much here at Harvest, and uh, kind of fun seeing some of those old pictures. Karen, thank you for using those in the Step 1 uh, journey video. Who was that guy that was... 20 years ago in his vest. <laughs> All right, this is um, Planted in the House, part three. We're going to have a number of parts. Uh, do the word, do the word. We're in this series called Planted in the House, and in part one we saw that when we become born again, the new birth consists of a seed. God's seed is incorruptible seed that's placed in us, and it's designed to grow. Say grow. God's DNA inside of you that would begin to grow from the inside out. And as God's life is growing in us, we begin to look like and act more and more like God's children. And we grow through all the different phases of childhood. And we, we check that out. And if you weren't here, I encourage you to be a part of what's happening in this series. I think a really important series for us. And uh, that was in part one. But in order to be uh, in order to grow seeds planted, we ourselves need to be planted in the house of God. And I talked about the importance of being planted in a local church. And from the scriptures we saw, really it's, it's I'm not going to even say virtually impossible. Uh, I think it's impossible to grow as a healthy Christian outside of a local church experience. Um, I want to give a shout out to those who are online today. And uh, we love you and we love that you're growing in the house. We look forward to seeing you in the room unless you live at a distance, and we just love that you're here with us today. We saw that as we're planted uh, in the local church, that God has designed his house as that place of planting, and there's a river, God's presence, because God doesn't want to visit his house. God wants to live. He wants to dwell in his house. And we have access to the river of God's presence every time we gather, every time individually uh, we're with the Lord through, um, through worship as we open our hearts. And Jesus taught in John 4 that God is looking for worshipers. He found some this morning. And that's why we sense his presence the way we do when we enter into the worship that he asks for not necessarily the worship we feel like giving him, but the sacrifice of praise, the fruit of our lips, giving thanks. Well, this is part three, planted in the house, do the word. I want to read out of Psalms again, kind of our verse for the series. Blessed is the man or blessed is the woman who walks not in the counsel of the ungodly, nor stands in the path of sinners, nor sits in the seat of the scornful, but his delight, her delight is in the law of the Lord. We can say that in the, in the scriptures, in God's word. This word law is not the Ten Commandments, but the Torah uh, that David would have uh, had as scriptures. So let me just say his delight is in the word of the Lord. And his, in the word of God, he meditates day and night. He will be like a tree planted, say planted, 
Come on, we're planted. Say it again. Planted in the house. Uh, planted in uh, in the uh, planted in the river. Uh, he will be like a tree planted by the rivers of water that bring forth its fruit in its season, whose leaf also shall not wither, and whatever he or she does will prosper. His delight is in God's word. Let's pray. Father, I thank you for the amazing things you're doing. Uh, Lord, as we look past even in that video today, and but Lord, we look forward today as well to uh, the word of the Lord coming to pass in our region. Lord, you're not done yet. Lord, there's so many things to uh, see happen for the kingdom of God. You're using us today as we make, you're making a difference with our lives. But Lord, I believe in this season, Lord, that as we uh, continue building this house, strengthening the foundations of this house, as we have seen and have the privilege of seeing people belong and then people believing, but now becoming the children of God, reflecting who you are. We thank you for that in Jesus' name. Everyone said? So when you delight in something, uh, not Turkish delight, but when you delight in something, in his law, in the word of God, delight day and night, that word means to, uh, there's something that we value, and we value it above other things in our life. And we love to do what we delight. So it's not just thinking about it, you're delighted, but you, you're in the activity of, which kind of completes this idea of this biblical word in his word, Delight. So we love the word, we value, and we do the word. So I want to look at James chapter 1 and 19 to 25. I'm going to read this, and then we're going to pull this apart. And if you're in small group this week, you'll be talking about doing the word, and your small group leader will help you with this. Small group leaders, you will get your notes uh, before your uh, small groups this week. Some of you who just thought, are we getting our notes? Yes, you will. Everyone should be quick to listen, slow to speak, and slow to become angry. Because human anger does not produce the righteousness that God desires. Therefore, get rid of all moral filth and the evil that is so prevalent, and humbly accept the word planted in you, which can save you. Do not merely listen to the word and so deceive yourselves. Do what it says. Do the word. <laughs> Say, do the word. We're going to do the word. Anyone who listens to the word but does not do what it says is like someone who looks at his face in the mirror and after looking at himself goes away and immediately forgets what he looks like. But whoever looks intently into the perfect law that gives freedom and continues in it, not forgetting what they have heard, but doing it, they will be blessed in what they do, they will be blessed in what they do. We just read from Psalms that whatever they do shall prosper. So James begins this by saying, quick to listen, slow to speak. We struggle with this one, don't we? <laughs> this is the hard one, right? I mean, this is probably the hardest thing we're going to hear, read about all, all today. This one right here, quick to listen, slow to speak. Judge Judy always says, God gave you two ears and one mouth for a reason. Uh, she says it often as we watch her. Christina and I love Judge Judy because she gets away with yelling at people and calling them stupid, and we always wondered what that would be like, and we're pastor and pastor's wife, and we don't, we don't want to do that, but just the thought of it once in a while, you know, and uh, no, not really, and uh, so we watch Judge Judy do it, and, and two ears, because you should listen twice as much as you speak. 
There's a statistic that was recently done amongst uh, believers and uh, in the poll of the believers that were, um, all the, they were all believers, of the people that were polled, 85% had said in that past week they had uh, at least prayed. They had prayed, 85%. But the same poll with the same people, only 38% of those, uh, so half, uh, had uh, opened their Bibles to, to read the Bible. And when you think about it, that's the exact opposite of what James is telling us, and that's why James is reminding us, be really quick to listen and slow to speak, because even in our time with God, if you think about it, we, we would probably find it easier, you know, in that moment, help, kind of prayer, or whatever prayer that we're praying, but to go and to listen and hear what God is saying about a circumstance or a situation that we find ourselves in that we're looking for some direction from the Lord in. James knows we need help, and so he says in order to be planted in the house, you're gonna do the word, and here's some points for you this morning as we get ready to listen to God's word. Be in a place to hear God's word. Put yourself in a place to hear God's word. And that's why we think doing what we're doing right now is super important, coming together corporately each week. Uh, those of us that call Harvest our home church to listen to uh, the preaching of God's word. A number of weeks ago, and in fact, this whole series has come out of the template of um, when we looked at fellowship and connection of how it happened in Acts. And they were devoted to the, t the ap apostolic teaching. They devoted themselves to that. And so now we're talking about that. And if you'll remember that series, I said we'll visit these things from now till January uh, in different series and different thoughts and ideas. But I believe that God is speaking to us about really looking at the expression of the, what we see in Acts and knowing that his heart is we would see even greater outpouring uh, today. So we're getting ready for that. We want to be in a place to hear God's word. And, and, and it's not that I'm great at this. I'm called to do this. God has asked me to do this. And so with it comes the enablement of the Holy Spirit. And in the proclamation of God's word, something happens to us inside. It may not be the whole word. It may not even be always what I'm talking about. But something in the service, someone has said something that we can tie back to the scriptures. And it stirs us inside. It stirs something that all of a sudden we feel like Popeye with the spinach. We feel a little stronger. We feel a little bit more enabled, a little more capable because God's word, we put ourselves in the hearing of God's word. And here's the principle, Romans 10, 17, faith comes by hearing and hearing by the word of God. Here's the principle, it's in your notes, um, and I, I want you to get this. As you hear God's word, as you put yourself in a position to hear God's word, you will grow in faith. When you hear God's word, you will grow in faith. We all want our faith to grow. In fact, the Bible says without faith, it's impossible to please God. This is a walk of faith. We don't walk by our sight. We walk by faith, trust in God. And we do that as we hear. It begins with hearing the word of God. Well, not just on Sunday or when you're listening to a good podcast. Emphasis on good. There's so much stuff out there. Uh, make sure you're listening to good podcasts about the word of God. But in our reading of the scriptures each and every day, and, and Jesus talked to his disciples about how he, uh, God gave manna 
uh, to, the, uh, to, uh, Mo to Moses and, and the people that came out of Israel. Each day they would gather the manna, and Jesus said, man doesn't live by bread alone, but every mouth that, what? Every word that comes out of the mouth of the Father. And so God's word becomes the equivalent of our gathering. We're gathering God's word each day. We're listening to God's word as we're reading, and it becomes our manna. It becomes our nutrition. It's what feeds us. If you don't eat, you don't grow. Planted in the house. We're talking about God's intention for us to become the children of God so that harvest can become all that it's called to be, um, and we can see God do some great things in this region. We want to know God, find freedom, discover our purpose, and make a difference. Say make a difference. We've made a little bit of a difference. God wants us to make even a greater difference. When you hear the word, read the word, you will grow in faith. James goes on. Therefore, get rid of all moral filth and the evil that is so prevalent and humbly accept the word planted in you, which can save you. Number two that I want to bring your attention to as we talk about how do I get planted in the house as, as, as it pertains to doing the word. I'm hearing it, but number two, I need to accept it. And this is important. I need to accept it. Humbly, in fact, he said, James says, humbly accept the word that was proclaimed. You listened to it. It came to you. What are you doing with it? You can go, wow, that was, that was really great. And forget about it, or you can accept it. Say accept. Let me, well, I was weak. Accept. Thanks for staying with me. I appreciate that. Accept. Well, Thessalonians um, and the Paul writing to that church defines this for us. And we also thank God continually because when you receive the word of God, and so they preached it to that in that city of Thessalonica, that region, and he's saying, wow, we're so thankful because as Christ followers in that church, you received it, you heard it from us, you accepted it, not as human word, not as the opinion of the pastor, not of the opinion of, 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 well, is that really what the Bible means or says? No, they accepted it, not as a human word, but as it actually is the word of God, which is indeed at work in you who, what? Who believe, not just belonging. Belonging is awesome, but I take the step to believe, and now as the word is in me, it's changing me from the inside out, so I'm looking like God, acting like God. I'm able to be his representative here on the earth. So in order to accept the word, it's got to get inside us in a way where we accept it as the word of God, all of it, not just the parts we like, not just the parts we like. Well, that can't all, per does that all pertain to me? It all pertains. Say all pertains. And nudge your neighbor, say to you. Yeah, there you go. <laughs> to me, to us. <laughs> it's the word of God. It does have authority. And without kind of unpacking that idea uh, this, this morning, but by accepting it humbly, James says humbly, I bow my knee and I say, the word of God is above me. The word of God is my authority. The word of God is stronger than I am. I'm submitting to the word of God. That's what it means to accept it. Jesus is talking to the Pharisees of the day who should have known the word of God. They were teachers. And he says this to them, why don't you understand what I say? 
You don't understand because your hearts are closed to my message. They weren't, um, it wasn't that, this word understand, it wasn't that they didn't intellectually understand. They didn't accept the word as authority, as God speaking. Their authority was higher. And so they closed their heart, the place where the word of God goes in and begins to ruminate, begins, I delight in where I'm thinking about it, meditating on it. It is important. It is something that I really value, I love, and I do. They weren't doing that. And so Jesus said, your hearts are closed and you don't understand what I'm saying. We're talking about placing the word in our heart. David said, so I may not sin against you, that I would have a compass and an understanding of where I should live. Therefore, James is going on, so we're hearing the word, we're accepting the word. Um, Therefore, get rid of all moral filth and the evil that is so prevalent and humbly accept the word planted in you which can save you. We've got... uh, this cleaner at home, and from time to time, um, uh, I might clean, or Christina might clean, and uh, you're in the bathroom, and um, and they, they got this this can that's got scrubbing bubbles, and uh, it says on it that it's able to remove soap scum, soap scum. And I remember looking at it, going, soap scum. Hmm. Like it just doesn't go together. Is it soap, or is it scum? I don't know that you can be both soap and scum. So if you were to scrape the soap scum off the sink, can you use it as soap? Or is it scum? (laughs) Which is it? (laughs) Yeah, that's scum. (laughs) Absolutely. And so the buildup, layer upon layer of buildup, which you can't just wipe off. Now you need to penetrate the soap scum. You need to penetrate this word filth, which literally means a layer of sticky dirt that builds up over time. And it actually can be applied to the concept in our bodies of earwax. And that earwax, well, I know, it's just so soap scum, earwax. I know, stay with me. It's a principle. It's an analogy. It's going to stick to you. You're going to get this. So earwax is known as the leading cause of hearing loss. People that are suffering, they can't hear as well. And the first thing they're going to look at is not necessarily damage to your eardrum, but whether the sound is not getting to your eardrum that Jesus said, you don't understand because my words aren't getting to where they need to be. And so James is saying, you got to deal with the moral filth, the buildup that can be likened to earwax that causes us to ignore what the Holy Spirit is saying to us about hearing what God is saying. And it's when the Holy Spirit on a day like today might be talking to someone, talking to you, talking to me, and I'm like, yes. And then I I go out and I forget about it and I just continue doing what I've always done without adjusting my behavior, allowing the Holy Spirit to work in my life. And so because I said no to it, there's a layer. And then another layer. Someone said it this way, that the word of God can keep you from sin but sin can keep you from the word of God. And it's when we're ignoring that we're not walking according to his word, we're not going in that direction, and then our, our spiritual ears begin to have some filth begin to build up. We need some scrubbing bubbles and to remove that. And, and so what happens when we accept the word, this is important, 
When we accept the word, we're accepting the truth that where God's word says I should be and where I am, there's a gap. We sang about it today. That God's not afraid of my frailty, not afraid of my weakness. And we sang that I'm not afraid of my weakness. I'm going to be vulnerable with you, Lord. And that's accepting the word, where I accept the, the, the gap between where I'm living and where the word of God says I should be living. Say gap. What are we doing with the gap? What we want to do with that gap is acknowledge to the Holy Spirit that my lifestyle right now does not line up with what I'm reading or what I heard about. We talk about, we talk about a freedom that we're to live in, and maybe you're suffering from an addiction today. And we would recognize that that addiction is keeping us from being all that God has called us to be. This isn't about do's and don'ts. This isn't about following the law and going, okay, you know, thou shalt not, because there's no power in that for change. And we know that. We've talked a lot about that at Harvest. But when we recognize the gap, what makes the gap up is called grace. Say grace. Where the power of God outside of me comes in and gives me the power to close the gap. I can't do it by pulling up my bootstraps. If I could, I would have done it by now. But when I submit myself to the power of God, the power of what God's word is saying, I can be a recipient of grace, but I can't receive grace that I say I don't need. Grace isn't ignoring the gap. And people are talking that way in the body of Christ right now. It's like, oh, I'm under grace. Do whatever I want. God loves me just the way I am. Hallelujah. That's not the, that's not the end of the sentence or thought about becoming. Yes, he loves you just the way you are. And he wants you to grow. Say grow. Not grow ahead of your time, not, 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 you know, we're learning to walk, not running a marathon when you're not ready, but at the, at the proper stages, and as the word of God comes and begins to speak to you, not allowing the layer to go, oh, I'm under, I don't have to listen to you, Holy Spirit, I'm under grace. Holy Spirit, I'm under grace. The grace is the great story of the gospel that there is a power that allows me to change when I accept that the word says that's where I should be and I acknowledge that's not where I am, but that's where I want to be. And you receive grace. Now, watch this now. When we accept the word, you grow in grace. When you accept the word, you will grow in grace. We're going to grow in faith. Say grow in faith. Grow in grace. Yeah, because I'm acknowledging the gap. Do not merely listen to the word and so deceive yourselves. Do what it says. We're going to hear the word, accept the word. It's an authority in my life. The grass withers, the flower fades, but the word of God stands forever. And it becomes my compass for my life. David said, I, your word is a light unto my path, a lamp showing me the way. And now the scriptures become my compass. I'm hearing it. I accept it. God's working on me. But now I begin to live my life according to this compass. And here's the deal. You may, you may read something in the Bible and you go, does that really apply today? Yes, it does apply today. It's the same yesterday, today, and forever. The flower fades, but the word of God stands forever. There's no, 
There's no shelf life on the principles of God's word. You say, but I don't really understand where this is taking me. Hey, that's called faith. That's why we have to grow in faith. (laughs) Because God knows the end of your life better than you do. And that's trusting him with your life. He might be talking to you about something you're involving your life in right now. And for you right at the moment, it's like, this is as good as it gets. This is so awesome. How could something that feels so good be so wrong? Because God knows where that's taking you five years from now. And it may not make sense to you right now. I love you guys so much. And you know, when we kind of get to this point of really laying it on the line, this is where this is where in becoming and growing, this is where, as a Christ follower, this is where the anchors start happening. The foundations get built. And some of you have looked at some of the pictures of people who were, who were there, who were there from the beginning, they're sitting with us right now. And we can look to their lives and they would tell you, it's the word of God, the foundation, tying to principles, even when I didn't understand them and I maybe didn't even agree, but I said, I'm gonna humbly accept the word and see where it takes me. And it becomes a compass for your life that will never steer you wrong. These words I speak to you, Jesus said to his disciples, and I love the message version, so I'm reading it out of there. These words I speak to you are not incidental additions to your life, home improvements, to your standard of living. They are foundational words. Words to build a life on. Say that with me. Words to build a life on. One more time. Words to build a life on. If you work these words into your life, you hear them, accept them, compass them. You're like a smart carpenter who built his house on solid rock. Rain poured down, river flooded, tornado hit, but nothing moved the house. It was fixed to the rock. He goes on, and um, uh, Peter, the way only Peterson can, and the opposite is true. He says, well, if you don't hear, don't accept, and don't do the word, you're like a stupid carpenter. <laughs> Peterson's words. And, uh, and, and he, you know, really, it's building on the sand, building sandcastles, or do you want to build for generations, for your children, your grandchildren, for people that will come to this house in years from now, and you're in your 80s sitting in the house of God? in a life that is prosperous and blessed. Now listen, I'm not talking about prosperous and blessed, nothing bad happens. Like we don't, the Bible doesn't say this is Skittle rainbows for the rest of your life. We just came through, you know, two years of storm. And it's interesting what the Holy Spirit is speaking to us and I've checked in with some um, churches that I really respect that are large and voices to uh, the United, you know, predominantly the United States and they're tracking, there's a Holy Spirit theme right now, tracking um, and it's this, we need to, we need to really autopsy um, what happened during, the, during COVID and what the statistics are strongly telling us is that for the most part, um, Christians are biblically literate. And the conspiracy, the people who went conspiracy found scriptures to support that. People who, um, you know, just realized that, okay, it's not that, but what is it? And just, just anxiety took over. You know, it's the end of the world. But wait a minute, God didn't say it's the end of the world. Which alarm clock are you looking at? 
I'm not saying these things to us specifically this morning to say that that happened here. I'm just saying generally, and to step back and to realize that we need to get all of us individually and corporately serious about anchoring to the foundation of God's word and not be building sandcastles in our lives. Because COVID proved it, that many of us, myself included, and God's speaking to me about just freshly getting back to a place in the word um, and not building sandcastles, but building on a foundation that lasts forever. Say forever. And, and so I don't know that it's going to get better. I think it'll get different bad. I don't think it'll be like, let's go through COVID again. I don't think that's going to happen. But we know economically and some of the predictions that are going on, just the world is a difficult place. All over the world, it's a difficult place. And God isn't done his plan, and so he expects that his word will endure. The flowers fade, right? But his word endures, stands forever, say forever. We're gonna tie ourselves to the forever. People that don't have God's word in their heart don't know what they're anchoring to. And can I just say this, when the tornado hits, that's not the time to grab your Bible and try to figure it out. Just saying, and I've done that, and you've done that. But we need the flashlight and the compass all the time, and we're learning. Because when an airplane goes into a storm, the pilot isn't looking out his window going, oh, man, I can't see the runway. He doesn't have to. He has instruments, and he's learned to study the instruments, and he can still fly. He doesn't course correct. He doesn't go in the opposite direction. He stays on course and flies according to, to the direction that he was given. James is saying, do the word. And as I said, this is not a religious do's and don'ts. We're, I'm not suggesting, well, let's just go back to the law and legalism, and let's just really, here's the word, and you better do what it says. No, let's balance this. Let's understand this. So we are hearing it. I'm going to grow in faith. Faith is good. That's that supernatural, that stir inside of me. Yes, I can. Yes, I can. Not because I'm talking myself into it, but because God's word is speaking faith over my situation. God is saying, I see it differently than you do. You can do this. The Holy Spirit is our coach on the sidelines going, come on, you can do this. Faith is growing in my heart. I accept. Even if there's a, a gap, I'm saying, yes, Lord, and we're going to close this gap. And I'm a recipient. I'm growing in grace. But when I do the word, that word really is become. It's become the word. Say become. Oh, yeah, we're going to belong and believe, and we're going to become what the word says. It literally means we become. Anyone who listens to this word but does not do what it said is like someone who looks at his face in a mirror, and after looking at himself, goes away and immediately forgets what he looks like. That's the restaurant bathroom glance. You've got some food, you need to go to the bathroom, you go in. I'm good. Out I go. The bathroom glance. And, and what James is saying, there's a place for the bathroom glance, but not when you're looking into the word of God. That's, that's not what we do. Because we're going to become what we behold. And the Bible says we are beholding Jesus like we did this morning in all of his glory. And he's saying, you can do this. You can become like me because my life is in you. Not a bathroom glance, but looking intently. Whoever looks intently, that means with intention. 
looking without distraction. You give God's word your undivided attention. It's always good just to be reminded. How are we doing? How are we doing with first thing in the morning, opening the word of God, feeding, listening, during the day thinking about, God, how could I do your word today? I want to grow. I want to become like you. The scriptures promise that you'll be blessed in whatever you do. Psalmist said you'll be prosperous in whatever you do. Say do. What are you doing? Sir, you're here this morning. You're married. You have children. You're a husband and a dad. And it's hard to be a husband and a dad. Sometimes we wonder, is what we're doing enough? I look at my own family, my own children, and there are times where it's not going the way I would want it to go for them. And I step back and I go, what am I doing? <laughs> Have you ever done that? What am I doing? Wait a minute, I gotta stop and remember. What I'm doing is being a dad and a father, and yes, I can do a better job, not in my strength, but in the strength of what God's called me to do. And I go to the Word and I find that strength of how to be a dad, how to be a husband, how to do what God's called me to do. Be a better employee, be a better student, to be a better wife, a better mom, a better whatever it might be, whatever you might be doing. We hear the word, we grow in faith. We accept the word, we're gonna grow in grace. We're gonna do the word, we're gonna grow in victory. We're gonna grow in victory. Come on, come on, we're gonna grow in victory. We're gonna see some things that some of you have been dealing with for years, and God's gonna go, oh, I can deal with that in moments. Accept it and do the word. Would you stand with me this morning? Romans said, overwhelming victory is ours through Christ who loved us enough to die for us. Overwhelming victory is ours through Christ who loved us to die for us. Every head bowed and every eye closed in this place today. You don't know Jesus. You've never invited him into your life. You might know about him, but we want you to know him today personally. At every, the conclusion of every service, we take a moment just like this one, just to ask if there's somebody in the room or somebody online watching today. You would say, I, I feel like I belong, but no, I've never believed that Jesus died for my sins. I've never bent my knee and said, come and forgive me for driving my life, being the, in the driver's seat. Jesus going to receive eternal life, forgiveness of sin, and begin my journey with you. If that's you today, you've never done that, would you just raise your hand wherever you might be in this room, saying, Pastor, include me in the prayer today. Could I see your hand today? I'm just going to take a moment and glance. Is there anyone? Thank you. Thank you. Yeah. Just <laughs> a moment more. Is there somebody else? Is there anyone else? Online, just type in, I'm making the decision today to follow Jesus. Harvest, we know what to do. Sir, as you raised your hand today. I so want to say your first name. And of course, I would never do that because our heads were bowed and our eyes are closed. But here's what I'm hearing the Holy Spirit say. I've always loved you, name. I've always been with you, your name. And today... I can't wait for you to be closer and for me to be closer to you. 
And so let's pray this prayer together, those that are online. Dear Jesus, today I give you my life. Forgive my sin. Come into my life. I'm journeying with you. I receive your spirit in Jesus' name. Amen. Hey, come on. If you prayed that prayer, we believe you're born again online. Come on, let's worship God today. church. We will see you next Sunday. Have an awesome week. Go do the word. Amen.